0: Welcome in to the Fezzik Focus, the final Fezzik Focus of February. There's a lot of Fs in that sentence. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined by Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest. AJ Hoffman is here as well because the Fezzik Focus this week is the XFL. We have concluded week two of the XFL season. Gentlemen and Fez, I'll start with you. Has your opinions of the league changed at all? After two weeks of football, define my opinion. Well, what do you think that? Do you, what do you think of the caliber of football? The betting opportunities are watching it. The fact that you can only find stats on XFL.com. What are your opinions now after two weeks?
1: The betting opportunities for an individual betting it are outstanding. The there's all kinds of rogue numbers out there. Differences, and I don't say I don't. I'm not going to call them opinions of the books, but just it takes one limit bet at any book to move the number. So you see numbers all over the place and variants of, of opinions. As far as the league quality, I think it took a, a huge step back, if you asked me when I was watching them a little more closely this week, in terms of you know the number one takeaway, these coaches suck.
2: I mean, there, there's a bunch of ex-players who are, uh, are being the coaches. Who
1: picked these dummies? I mean, there is not one good coach I don't think in in the entire league because every single game I'm watching Disrespect
2: to Wade Phillips.
1: Um he's terrible.
2: Oh man.
1: He's he's he, you know what but but you know Buckley's the worst. You know, like like, like these coaches are making comments they're trying 56-yard field goals with 6 seconds left. It's not fourth down. Right. 6 seconds I think this was Buckley. If if I mixed up my bad coaches, I apologize. All the other coaches would probably make the same mistake. And he's trying a field goal with um, on it was either second or third down. Just throw an out pattern, pick up seven yards. Pretend to throw the hail mary. This is the play, you know. You put out the hail mary formation, and then you throw the out pattern and try to pick up twelve. So his kicker, you know, of course, kicks a forty nine yard field goal. It's you know, well,
2: just a little short.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was only like three or four yards short. But the, the point, and then they're going to them. It's like freaking long field goals, you know. Eh, eh, and it's like you didn't have to try that field. I mean, you have six fucking seconds what is wrong with these people i mean my my 12 year old son is looking at it and he's like he wasn't actually in the room but he would have said daddy you know nfl kickers have trouble kicking 56 yarders <laughs> outdoors and these much
2: less these crummy these uh, crumb
1: bum you know, you, you know nothing is tommy townsend's brother is punting he's pretty good although he did get hurt but you know i mean aside i mean like come on the indoors maybe but, I mean, there's no scenario that you would ever – you could have you you, you could have Baltimore playing and you wouldn't try the 56-yarder. You'd try to pick up five yards.
0: Well, maybe they know their quarterback can't throw a five-yard out. <laughs> so that's why they don't do it. AJ, what about you? Have you noticed any changes from week one to week two? Any opinions of the league changed in your mind? Uh,
2: not really from week one to week two other than the I, – I thought that the – defenses would be well behind offenses early on doesn't totally appear to be the case although there there are some teams where like dc is i think they're legitimately good on defense their offense is awful there it's there's not a complete team in this league there's you're either good on one side or good. and i think that really goes to what fez was saying the poor coaching like you you've either these teams aren't built to be balanced they they either went in with a mindset of "We're going to build our team on defense. We're going to build our team on offense," uh, and that's why it's hard for me to know like who who really is. I know who the worst team is. I don't really have a feel for who the best team is. I I'll ask you, Feds. Like, what what's your lean on who the best team in the league is at this point? Oh,
1: Houston's the best team.
2: Okay, I I feel like it, I've gone it's back obvious. and forth between Houston or San Antonio. I think they're both really good uh, relative to their peers. I should say. Um and then I think it, it, St. Louis is probably a notch behind them. But gonna, the, Orlando's, like, without question, without, the worst Without
1: team. question. So this is some um, – I'm going to give away a little value. The Dragons are the second-best team. You think so? I know
2: so. The Sea Dragons?
0: The 0-2 Seattle Sea Irre- Dragons. Irrelevant. With a n- minus-six-point differential.
1: Okay, let's well, I like that because you you've got the XFL stats right in front of you. <laughs> Pull me up some uh, some more of those Sea uh, Dragon stats if you will.
0: Well, what do you want to know about the Sea Dragons? Give me how
1: about give me some yards per play action here. Oh, yards
0: per play. I mean, that oh, no that
1: would take that would that would well fortunately I <laughs> fortunately my
0: friend, here I, we go. We have uh, 476 total yards for the Sea Dragons passing, rushing, 154.
1: That will put them at the head of the XFL pledge class. What have they given up? Believe it or not, that's outstanding numbers.
0: On defense, let's see. They don't give us uh, yardage on defense in XFL. (laughs) Yeah, I'm
1: going to cut to the chase. I've done this work. (laughs) So, Seattle's yards per play, uh, they're averaging 5.2. That's um, that's just below a mediocre NFL team. That is a miracle. In the XFL and they're giving up 3.8. So they are tied with Houston. They're a tenth worse on defense. And they are light years better than everybody else on offense. Well, why do they suck? Why are they 0-2? Because they just keep turning the ball over. So Ben Denucci keeps fumbling the ball in the red zone and all the key moments. I, even the coach, the poor coach, I, I think it's Hazlitt. If I get a coach wrong or a mascot wrong or a city wrong, you know, do, you know I just changed to Sanka, you know, give me a break. Um, the, um, he's like, I can't, oh, it didn't happen again. Yes, it did. Danucci coughed it up. So um, look no further than week three. Here's Seattle. And this is where the betting the openers is so key. Everyone knows Seattle is better than Vegas, all right? Except for the bookmakers. The bookmakers don't know this because they opened a pick. Well, now Seattle's laying three. Mm. Bold prediction. They'll close four. No one is going to—no one is—there's nothing to like about Las Vegas. And, you know, one thing I, I bagged on the coaches, I, I believe it's Barlow's the coach for the Defenders, D.C. Uh, he did He did an excellent job where he just put in—in in, in Vegas, we had a little bit of a—well, uh, how would you describe the weather, Scott, on Sunday?
0: a monsoon it rained hard yeah it was rough yes
1: yeah, so so dc just brought in their running quarterback and vegas couldn't stop
0: it in the second half of- also the field conditions were awful at cashman field uh, if you want to you want to talk people talk about the super bowl players slipping i mean the grass was being ripped up all 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 night there
1: yeah, yeah I, no question but by the way there's paid attendance of 6800 just barely going over my 1200 to 1800 estimated um brad powers you know went ahead and, and He was and in attendance. He tweeted, he says yet another XFL loser for Steve Fezzik on attendance on 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 his estimates. So <laughs> Brad, you are as you are spot on correct. I'm now 12-3 and three in the XFL, and I apologize for that loser on the attendance projection, although I don't think it was available for betting, so I think you're okay.
0: Well, what was available was the under in the first half, which you gave out, and it won uh, because of the conditions it, it, at that stadium with the rain, and, and or you had the under for the game, but with the rain and the field conditions, that game was a clear under.
1: Better than my first half under in the first game, which did lose, which I did give out on this podcast.
0: Late touchdown. Yes. The late touchdown in the end of the first half. In that game that was this uh thursday night game
2: what are your what are your thoughts generally on scoring is it higher lower than you expected it, it feels like there's been more overs than i think you and i were kind of in the same mindset that defense was going to be ahead early it, it seems like there's been more offense than expected so there's been more points than expected right spot on so we
1: first week we had like 40 points last week it step back like only 35 so it's been close to 50 50 you know i think it was three and one to the under i let me double check that to make to make sure I got that right. So last week we had uh, St. Louis Seattle went over C- uh, San Antonio went over. okay, so we had last week. Uh, you know St. Louis Seattle was too close to call it 38. so we basically it was it was um, one one and two to the under all right. Okay. so so it's it's getting pretty it's pretty close. The um, the number one takeaway is that the rules are so conducive to scoring. And there is, and the defenses do, you know, get pick sixes and the like, such that there's no offense at all. The league has a real problem. There is no playmakers. There's no long runs. There's no dynamic plays. There's no bombs that are being
2: completed. There's no good quarterbacks.
1: There's no good quarterbacks. So there are a few guys that are to open, and they're just not able to make I, the long passes. I was
2: gonna, I was gonna say the same thing. Like if these guys were playing by NFL rules, all these games would be like nine to six. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they, they're the the rules have to be this way because otherwise no one would ever score because the offensive talent is so low that you have to you have to adjust rules to make it conducive And to no
1: offense. one's getting pinned inside the 10 from from punts. Everyone is starting with good field position on kickoffs or starting around the 32. Mm-hmm. So because of that, um you know that's certainly helping to promote uh, scoring. Uh, but the running clock, you know, you look at the plays. Um, and you 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 look at these numbers. So uh last week, let me see. Um yeah, in Vegas, 114 plays, and in Orlando we had 108, 112, 115. So the, you're getting less than 120 plays, and the yards per play are just anemic for these teams. You look at the yardage, guess how many games went over 550 yards last? Oh I'm I'm sorry. One one game had 560. Guess how many of the other three games got to
0: 500.
1: 0. 0. am going to get to 400. 0. One other. wow <laughs> no. there were two games that had I mean DC Vegas was played in a monsoon, but um uh actually San Antonio or DC Vegas was just, was just under 500, but 500 yards is like nothing. That's like 96. Yeah, you were talking NFL. combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yards. I mean, if an NFL team gets 250 yards, they're scoring, you know, 12 points, dude. You know, I mean, it's just it's just Horrendous, but, but the, as long as you get touchdowns, people are going to be like, oh, it's a good brand of football. So they were smart to, you know, and this is with one one leg in bounds, and I'm seeing a lot of catches mm. with one leg in bounds that they, you know, the back shoulder play is much more effective. The fade pattern is much more effective. The pass that you just can't complete in the NFL. Still, some coaches going for one instead of two. Hell, they're going for one and they're throwing fade passes in the back of the end zone. You know what? If you're gonna throw a fade in the back of the end zone, go for two. You,
0: you know, you mentioned if they were playing by NFL rules, this would be uh, you know these would be nine six games. If the NFL players were playing by these rules, these games it would be like arena football scores, it would seventy be, to sixty things like that. It, no, no doubt, <laughs> including the fourth, you
1: know, the fourth and fifteen, yeah, a, a, attempts and the like. Um, there's a whole lot. There's a tremendous amount of parity in the league. Houston's the clear-cut best team. The Orlando guards are just atrocious. And and you know what? You know. I've never seen this before. So Paxton Lynch starts at quarterback. He's terrible, mm-hmm. right? So they bring in Normandy or Dormandy or whatever his name is, and he's, he looks a little bit better, right? So this week out of out of nowhere, here's this Francois kid that was like good for Florida State for yep. a year, and then he sucked. Yep. Now 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 they're bringing him out to play in, in the XFL, and he's lost. And it's like my. Goodness, it's like, how many teams have you seen, like, the start of season try out three different starting quarterbacks? Well, we, we
2: saw Vegas, you know, it, Luis Perez scores only he, – he puts up six points in the first, you know, quarter and a half, and then they're like, we got to make a change. But bring in Hundley. And then he's way worse. Like I, I, I
1: think that's just because Hundley's way more mobile than Perez is, and that the, the with the conditions and and remember the rain kept getting worse. Yeah, in the second half. So I think that that was
2: climate well, dependent. Somehow Hundley I fumbled the ball. Like, it, it, it didn't get better. Like it, there's, I don't know what. I mean, you're replacing bad with bad when, yeah. you, when you sub out these. Court, and you know what? I shouldn't. I should give AJ McCarron some credit. He's been like the one dude who hasn't screwed off a game for his team yet
1: but you know but but that's it's coming that's only because (laughs) yes but you know if if the games had had a little more running clock he loses week one 15 to three sure you know so he gets three points in the first 57 yeah
2: that's true so there's there's an interesting scheduling deal this week and i'm curious your thoughts on it fez the the best teams in the south play each other the worst teams in the south play each, or in the standings wise the best teams in the top two teams in the North play. The top two teams in the South play. Is is this like sort of a week where we'll see some separation between like who's who's for real and who's not in this thing, in these in these games?
1: Well, I think we've
2: already seen separation. By the way, I bet before I just be, I came in. I bet Houston
1: um, to win the title. Guess what? What the odds were on Houston? Uh, Eight
2: teams in the league. Plus three thirty.
1: And Orlando has been eliminated.
2: <laughs> uh, I was going to say plus four hundred.
1: Plus three fifty. Spot on. Good. So when you think about that, it's like wait a minute, you know, it's it's almost like in the South, you've, one of your teams in the South has already been eliminated.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, it's like you're guaranteed a playoff berth. It, that's very interesting because they're, they're the second favorite because D.C. is the favorite to win the title. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned if you look at the division, the South, Houston's clearly going to win the South. So you, you, D.C.'s got a battle with St. Louis in the North. And I don't know how how are they doing – the championship is it just the winners of the divisions play each other? Or? I, be,
1: I believe one one North plays two South. That's the only okay. format that would make any sense to me. I, I don't think that there's a reason that they'd keep the North and the South separate. So see it's, it's it's a CFL method. They do this in the CFL, although there's freaking nine teams and it's confusing. But they <laughs> um, but they go ahead and there's like four teams are named Rough Riders. But in in the CFL, I know one East plays two West. Um, and so the, 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 I I got to feel that that's how they're doing it. Hmm. Yeah, two seed. Mackenzie's on top of it. Two is at one.
2: Two is at one in – okay. So the, right. the, the
1: best north will play the crappy south.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, that makes sense. And well,
1: I just don't know the venues. No,
2: no. It's saying the two seed is at the one. So the, the south two plays at the the south one. Yeah, it's a division. It, oh, it is north champ versus south that's champ. That's what it again.
0: is. It's a division oh, format. Oh, I stand corrected. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's odd. I,
1: I guess I'm going to call it a, probably a conference –
0: or whatever, yeah. yeah. So, so you know what? Then your bet is actually more valuable because Houston's because the, the bet, clear cut, cl- clear cut best team in the South. The North, the Northern bracket
1: looks more formidable once you take Houston yes out of there. No yes, doubt. yes. So you're, I even looks think so, I, I, I'm, I think Seattle. I mean, they're zero in two. I mean, so. how
2: far how far can we say Vegas is from being eliminated? How how much better are they than the Guardians? Vegas
1: got eliminated, also. They're
2: horrendous. So it's, it seems like a three team race in both division. And I'll I'll say that I. You guys are saying Houston's already won the South. I, I think San Antonio's pretty good. Like, I, I'm not – I think for, they're getting four and a half points this weekend. I'll probably be on San Antonio. That mm. feels, feels like a lot of points to me uh, with very little travel. I, I, and I think San Antonio, we talk about how, you know, the Battlehawks should probably be one and one. Phony loss. San Antonio should probably be two and zero. Oh. Mm.
1: Yeah, San Antonio. Good should point. Be, yeah, I mean that was a if they beat St. Louis fifteen to three, like we discussed after fifty seven minutes. They talk about
0: win share probability. And these
2: two teams are both two and zero.
0: Oh. And all of a sudden, Houston's laying down. And,
2: and look at yeah. yeah and,
0: and look at what San, San Antonio's point differential right now is forty five. Well, you can't 35.
2: count that. San Antonio played the Guardians. So, One, like but, once but, you play the Guardians, your like your point differential is going to be out of whack. They, they're terrible. Also
0: think about. If they you, win that game 15-3 to three in week one. Yeah, Houston's point differential
1: is the, is the plus 40, not San Antonio.
0: No, San Antonio is 45-4, 30 against, so they're plus 15. Yes, and, and but I'm saying, like plus 40. Yeah, Houston's plus 30. They're 56-4, 26 against. But I'm saying if you take that week one, instead of losing 18-15, they win 15-3. Now, now you get got a comp. Yeah. Now you're looking at— I think they're even teams. Yeah, yeah they're pretty
1: then again, even here. people will argue Houston had their idiot— Kick returner fumble the ball twice, not once, but twice. I know the turnovers were equal, but all turnovers are not created equal. You're you know you don't expect your punt returner to cough up the ball twice. That's you know, fair. especially, when the rules are such that it's impossible to fumble a punt because there's no gunner, so you don't have anyone breathing down your neck when you're catching the ball. And he did not fumble when he caught the ball. He fumbled when he was making good returns. But the
2: Guardians fumbled a punt, too. Like, that's what that's what Guardians do. Yeah. yeah the Guardians, what, a, what a mess. The Guardians
1: do everything wrong across the board. And I've noticed this, that the worse the coaches, the more he complains the Vegas coach. Um, Woodson is complaining about the refs. He literally said, we're at home. We should be getting the calls shouldn't they just be calling the game correctly
2: that seems like the move now (laughs) i'm an arlington is a nine and a half point favorite over these guardians this week and i look back to the first game and arlington at the time it seemed like oh nice win over vegas but again 22 20 was the final of that score week one now that i think back on it vegas stinks they beat vegas by two points I don't know that Arlington should be laying nine and a half to anybody, even the the dreaded Guardians.
1: Yeah, um, I make it six and a half, but I've got a note. Don't don't bet. Don't a, bet the Guardians. I have a note. Don't bet. The, I have a note in my tablet. Don't bet the guards. And then underneath it is guards plus ten two thousand. <laughs> but I did I did lay six at the opener against Circus. So it's like, and it goes back to show. I, I I I look like I could. You could show me who Billy Walters bet in college football in the openers. It probably wouldn't do me any good. Because if I saw Billy Walters bets minus six, how does that help me any when the line's nine and a half? It doesn't help me, you know, one iota. Especially when, what do you, at six, who do you think the public was going to bet, you know? I mean, they're not going to bet on the guards catching mm-hmm. six.
2: Well, once once say like, let's say the number gets to ten. You, Which uh,
1: it did today at DraftKings for a while. Are
2: you going to be in on Guardians plus ten? Sure. Okay. But it's a lot easier for me to say that.
1: Having laid to six, sure, yeah. yeah, I mean it's a lot safer to to to, to trust my power and ratings. How's that?
2: I mean, obviously you're get you you've been doing good on getting CLV on these openers. Has that? I mean, has it been middling? What's it? What's been? Oh the- my
1: god, I, I'm crushing the CLV. I'm so mad. I'm three and three. I'm crushing the CLV, and I'd be four and two because I played an under thirty-seven and a half to close thirty-eight and a quarter. To be fair, it was like, but there were some thirty-eight halves right opposed and, mm-hmm. and landed thirty-eight. Ah. So, so I, that's the game I talked about with um, St. Louis, Seattle last week, and so I had under, and you know that was a weird game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I had the right side, frankly, um, with that one. But the uh, the talk about a coaching. I got to talk about this. So Seattle, who's the coach of Seattle? Seattle. Um, yeah, Jim Haslett. Jim Hassett. I, I unbelievable. So St. Louis is ahead, seventeen to twelve late in the game and Seattle's driving, all right? And they're in the red zone, and I get it. You want to make sure you score, but it's like there's like a minute and a half left and, and St. Louis isn't using their timeout, so make this your last possession of the game. No, these idiots call timeout, like with a minute and a half left, so they can preserve some time on the clock after they score so St. Louis can beat them. I mean, it's just so, like, wrong at every level. La- do these— Former coaches, have they ever watched an NFL game before? Have they ever like
2: thought about anything? I mean, what are they doing? I think everybody in this league has either coached or played in the NFL. How so I is think it, they have. How is it <laughs> possible
1: that they don't? And I can tell you how it is because they, they, they might get this game situation twice a year instead of realizing it happens over and over. Bottom line, so Seattle scores, they go up one. Now they can go for one point, two points, or three points. Now, I get it going for one point would be incredibly stupid because a field goal beats you. So do you go for two or do you go for three in that situation?
0: You go for two because it's a higher percentage play than going for three. And the worst you can do is be tied with the field goal.
1: Exactly. And and another reason you go for two is because you put your opponent in the unenviable position of not knowing what the hell they need. Now, your opponent's down three. And if they get one of those nasty fourth and, and ones from like the twenty-five yard line, if they're driving against you, now it's like, do I go for it? Do I put my crappy field goal kicker out there mm-hmm. to try to tie the game? I don't know. You know, am I gonna am I gonna win this game? I don't know, Mister Hand. Do I go for? I don't know. Well, you know what? They went for three points, which is so stupid at every level because if you miss it, you get beat by the field goal, and if you make it. Then the other team knows exactly, okay.
0: They got to go for the touchdown. Got to get the six. You're giving them an extra down. They're going for it on fourth downs now.
1: You're making all the decisions easy. Don't make it easy on your opponent. Whenever in doubt, try to make it difficult on your opponent in terms of what they'd have to try to do.
2: So it seems that with a few exceptions, you you mentioned both these, all, all these teams are trying out. Their second quarterbacks. It's. I think Seattle's pretty much been Danucci. I, I think they had a guy come in for a couple plays. I think AJ
1: McCarron's been a one show.
2: AJ McCarron and Brandon Silver's has basically been the guy in Houston. Yeah. Uh. Oh, and Jack Cohn for San Antonio. No, so, they
1: tried. They they put out the other guy for for a series, I believe. I believe they gave another guy. I could be wrong.
2: I that. don't know. I, I, think I didn't see that, but did, and I also I could be wrong. He also, nobody else has stats for San Antonio.
0: Mm. I no, watched no their game. No
2: one else has stats. Jack Cohen, two games, 372 I'm probably yards. wrong then. Yeah. I'm probably remembering. Wrong. But with all these teams kind of rotating guys, is it hard to, I mean, do you find yourself when you're handicapping saying, well, what if this guy plays? What if this guy plays? Or is this essentially like you're looking at all of these as NFL backup quarterbacks and they're almost mm-hmm. interchangeable?
1: They're almost interchangeable, but there's been so little time that if you're giving if you're giving snaps to first team snaps to Francois and Paxton Lynch and Dormandy or whatever the hell the guy is the kid is called I mean how could you be any good I mean you got you can't you can't give snaps to three quarterbacks and you just you've only been together for like you know a month at you know whatever so there's reasons that I mean I'm amazed Orlando's stats are good Orlando has good stats these guys um, absolutely suck. And yet, you know, yards per play what well, good. Stat. They have good stats for a team that's zero and two and that's been blown out twice. Well, yeah, yeah.
2: Remember, they're playing a lot of garbage time. Like they're yeah. chucking the ball, trying to come back from behind. That's
1: true. You know that. Um, but they're just turning the ball over. Like they're like, don't hold me this. They're like my because it's not on this. The, in, on the website, you got to go go through game by game. But Orlando lost a turnover battle. Uh, by one and by two, so they're minus three. That's all, that's it. I thought it was more. Okay, minus three in turnover.
0: You know, I, I, now that I'm looking at the stats on XFL.com, which is the only place you can get the stats, and it's not even I a good it's, it's not even a good website. It's honestly, go, go to
1: XFL.com and then you got to click on schedule and then click on each game in game the center. Schedule, yeah, and it's and crazy. Show you the game it,
0: it's, it's really it's, it's
1: actually quite it's it, it's quite good on the. XFL, but how ESPN doesn't show that also.
2: ESPN's carrying their games. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, like the, what,
0: there's got to be some sort of agreement. Where the XFL like,
2: doesn't want people sharing their stats, apparently.
0: Yeah, because their stats stink so much, they'd much rather or just, they just... Or the, I think or they, they
2: want, want to want drive the, traffic to their the website. They want traffic on
0: their website, mm. nowhere which, else.
2: Which doesn't make any sense. Because
0: otherwise, I'd never go to XFL.com. The who are the 6,800
1: paid attendants at Cashman Field? I mean, I couldn't...
0: You said paid, okay? There might have been some free tickets handed out to, you know. Yeah, right, the casinos
1: get them. Derek block Stevens of tickets is and... like,
0: is like, hey, you know, uh welcome to circa. Here's four tickets. But, but I going, saw, but I saw, I saw behind home plate, and there was a good. There, there were enough. There's people. no home plate anymore. It's a soccer stadium now. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs>
1: but I, but I saw down the first baseline or down the whatever it is, whatever it's called, the out of bounds area, and there's plenty of people that could have been. There, there's an overhang there yeah, where yeah, you're yeah. dry, mm-hmm. and, and there's people in the rain all over the place. So if there's no one there, they they would. Would have been behind what What's used to be on What's is, interesting
0: Is they changed the field orientation from what it usually is for soccer? Is that right? Yeah. So the soccer field goes in an opposite direction from what they did with the football field, and I don't know why. I think it has something to do with ESPN setting up for their cameras and whatnot. So because the, mm-hmm. they built a whole like uh, scaffolding and whatnot, so I think that's why they had to do a field a certain way. But for the for the stands purposes. I don't know, because it's still shaped like a, the baseball stands. It's not like they put extra bleachers or whatnot. <laughs> it seats 12,000 fans. Then again, you know, we're getting a lot more fans going to San Antonio and St. Louis for these games. But what I, what I was mentioning about the stats is I'm looking at the leaders in the league. Kalen Balaj is the rushing leader right now. He's got 107 yards on 36 carries for the San Antonio Brahmas. He's also the best running back by name brand in this entire league. He's the only guy that has like NFL experience. I mean, some of these guys I'm sure have NFL experience, but he was like he was a guy he he was a known guy in the NFL for a little bit. I got to think that when it comes down to you don't put you don't want to put these games on these quarterbacks because these quarterbacks are not good. So, I would look for the best running teams to be the teams that are going to have the most success moving throughout this league. No one can run. I'm liking San Antonio more and more just because of Kalen Balash.
1: Well, but his stats are nothing. He's just usage. He's got 37 carries for 102 yards. That's right? why. He's getting three yards a carry. What good is that? Yeah, but I not, guess it beats throwing the ball to it the, beats
2: throwing the ball. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. And it, it, beats, it
0: beats throwing the ball to the other team. That's I, the thing. I agree with that.
2: In, in the NFL, we've gotten to where now, like you You'd much rather have a heavy split of passing versus rushing because the the expectancy is you're going to gain more yards per pass. I don't know if that's the case in the XFL. Like I, I don't know if it's if it is, like if, whatever it, if it is more positive to to throw than to run, it's not by the same margin that it is in the NFL.
1: Well, the XFL did a clever thing on their st- on their passing stats. They show yards per play. And they don't count sacks against you. <laughs> oh, don't count yeah, them as plays, yeah, that doesn't which count. Which makes the yards per pass look quite good.
0: All I'm saying is that if I'm if I'm the head coach in this league, I'm just running the ball as many times as I can during the course of a game,
2: and just saying whatever three yards in a cloud of dust, sure. Well, and when you've got crappy offensive linemen, yeah, it's easier to run to run block than it is to pass block. And yeah. we've seen, I mean, the the Battle Hawks have a j AJ, AJ McCarron's been like just smashed constantly. like yeah. it's it's a miracle that he's like if he makes it through the season, it'll be a miracle,
1: you know, d c was extremely effective running the ball in the monsoon against Vegas, which yeah. was which was shocking. They ran for five and a half yards per clip. um that um that was shocking that they were so effective running the ball in that weather
0: well, how many how many of those runs were quarterback runs?
1: Uh, all of them <laughs> That's yeah. like out of the wildcat the whole second half,
0: which is yeah. smart. Yeah, it what was they smart. in the weather. Yeah. And, and, I, and they have the, uh, I believe they have the players to do so, right? Isn't it um, Jordan Tamu? Jordan Tamu, yeah. Tamu? So he's a running quarterback. yeah so it's a. It's a but they it,
1: but they took him out. They played a different quarterback.
0: So they, they did? Yeah. Can, can you pull that
1: well, up? DR King. So,
0: it's DR King yeah. the old Miami oh, quarterback. Oh, well well Tamu had 12 carries for 68 yards in that game.
1: Yeah, but they played King in the second half. King
0: had four carries for 32 yards. Yeah, when
1: the when the weather got bad, but but yeah. regardless of that was the game plan they were using.
0: Yes. And King and King did not attempt to pass.
1: All these games kind of merged together. It was kind of complicated. It was kind of like I know they're not going on simultaneously. Um uh, I will say, you know who the MVP is. Dean Blandino, the much despised Dean Blandino, and th- 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 this says something that oftentimes it's it's being put in the right role. So when poor Dean Blandino gets put on the NFL, I can just see like all they're breathing down his neck, and he's like nervous, and everyone's making ten million dollars that, that 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 he's broadcasting with, and he and he's under a lot of pressure. And he's too slow, and he doesn't say, you know, this pass is going to— I think it should be ruled incomplete and explain why. But now that he's the king of the XFL, <laughs> dude is great. Dude is decisive. He's quick. He looks at the camera angles. He makes an informed decision. I'm not saying he's up in 100% on every single call. Close enough. If he missed any, it was be, it was too close to call. And And there was only one time where I felt like, wow, he kept looking at, like, eight camera angles, and it was going to be unclear regardless. But aside from that, he just said, all right. We don't have anything to overturn this. Let's move on. You know, boom. Gives, and and gives it to the, the referees. And I think what he could – it, it's like a hierarchy. He knows that he's far, you know, in terms of the pecking order, above the scrub referees that are working for the XFL. So he doesn't feel any pressure as he's interacting with them because he knows that, you know, he's he's the man. So he's doing a real good job.
0: How much are you seeing the lines move – Throughout the week now, as now that we're in week three,
1: not at all. They move. They they trickle. All right. Mm -hmm. Know where they move? They they move when Circa puts. When they open it. When when Circa opens and 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 to be honest, um, I you know I missed a bet. So Circa opened. I'm pissed. Circa opened Seattle. Pick them, and I'm like, boy, I make I make Seattle a two point favorite, but eh, you know, I'm not so sure that that's going to move. And I'm betting other stuff, and so then Houston gets. Put up as I, I'm not Houston. Arlington gets open as six point favorite. I laid the six. I took the battle Ox, St Louis plus three. This is this is how I do it. I made the game two. I took them plus three. Circa moved to one and a half. And I'm like, eh. I did a little more research. I kind of like DC. I laid the one and a half on DC. Perfectly profitable middle. So I'm like, you know, I got to bet the Seattle because I'm, I it occurred to me Seattle played Thursday. They got they got a long you know they got a, a big rust edge in this game against Vegas. Because obviously Vegas going to fly back, mm-hmm. you know, to Arlington. I think it's Arlington that all the teams are in. I know they're all in Texas practicing. I don't know if they're if it's the.
2: Ham- I thought they were all in San Antonio. Yeah. No, um, It could be San Antonio. It's Arlington. Okay, mm-hmm. Chuck
0: Stadium. That's where Close they're all enough practicing. I Close
1: enough to the, to the same thing. It's yeah. all one big state there.
0: So that's that, a, that triangle, that very different world. I know it's a long. time. It's like the Arlington <laughs> Renegades are just they have the advantage. They're home all the time.
2: Wow. Well,
1: yeah. It, it it it's true that when they play home game, they don't have to travel. But then again, how much travel is there to go to Houston or San Antonio in that triangle? You know, that's all so close. That's true. Um, but the um, but I, then it's like, oh, Seattle's got more time off and Vegas was so dysfunctional. I got a bet Seattle pick, and someone beat me to it. And it was like two, and I said, screw this. I'm going to lay the two before somebody beats me to that. So I laid the two, and now it's three. And it goes back to, um, Billy. um so, so Billy Walters bet Seattle a pickup. What good does that do me? The line's three. And I always t- talk all the time. It's a good illustration to show how people think and, and discuss. But I so many times I hear this. You know, all in my back pocket, I've got this. Well, that doesn't help me any. What do you like against the current number? That's what is all that's really relevant.
2: What's your uh, your general take on home field advantage? How many points are you giving for it right now? What are your thoughts? I think it varies
1: by the venue. I think the D.C. defenders with the beer snake and the <laughs> lemongrass, that they're, the stuff they're, that they're throwing around, that looks like a decent home field advantage, whereas Orlando's sitting 0-2 and, and they're god-awful. Um, and you know what? When it's 88 degrees and hot and humid – and and you don't live in Orlando, I don't think it's going to benefit you any. So um, I think as it just gets hotter and hotter in Orlando – I, 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 would, I would put Orlando as having the worst home field. I do think St. Louis I think is going to have a nice
0: so I think home Vegas field. is right
2: behind them is here's what, for worst home field. Yeah,
0: here's what we've had so far. In uh, week one, the highest attendance was at the Alamo Dome for San Antonio. There were 24,000 people there. That's yes, good. Okay. In week two, the highest attendance was the Orlando game. Camping World Stadium had 12,000 fans. Houston, just barely under that, eleven seven, 7 And uh, Seattle had 10,300. So... Uh, pretty close attendance in week 1 if you want to know DC 12,400, 12,000 in Arlington, 12,700 in Houston. So, uh Houston back-to-back weeks, they were home the first two games.
2: They're home this week too.
0: So that's three straight home games they've had. They had 12-7. 12-7 the, the first week, they had 11-7 the uh, second week and so you'll probably get about, you know, 12,000 fans uh again in Houston.
1: You know St. Louis is sitting at two and zero, and they've been on the road, so we haven't seen them at home. And I at and St. Louis is
2: on the road again this week. I can I can get why'd they do that to these teams? Why do you, why would you have a team who's got three straight road games and three and another team who's got three straight home games to start this? Got to
1: got to feel that there's some concerts that are scheduled. Just some, Could some be. C- commitment. Now
2: there. I'm curious because the Seattle,
0: I mean the um, the St. Louis fans, they. Like, they they want football so badly because they, football was stolen from them. Right. And they packed the Dome for the last time they had the XFL. So if you look at the attendance numbers of the, I guess, 2020, the XFL season or whatever, and you go to St. Louis, they had 29,000 fans there, 27,000 fans there. By far, the most attendance in the entire league was in St. Louis that's going to be the home field advantage
2: for them.
1: I, I think so. I think they'll have the best home field.
2: Well, Fez, before we get out of here, do you have a best bet to give the people for week three? Sure.
1: We're getting to the party late, but I already talked about it. Um, I can't, I hate to be laying three when an open pick, but that was a phony pick over at, at, at Circa. <laughs> um, I just said Seattle's like, that I've got them as my second best team. I got Vegas as my second worst team. So if I could second best against second worst with a whole lot more rest for Seattle because they played Thursday. Three is cheap. We'll lay the three with Seattle to to pound on a whole a hapless Las Vegas squad that, you know, we're gonna win two games.
2: Well, my best bet I'm gonna go with San Antonio plus four and a half uh, at Houston. I think Houston may be a little bit overvalued. We just talked about they they've played two home games. Uh, including one against the Guardians, San Antonio should be two and zero right now. Uh, it, it, and listen, you don't get credit for games that you blow, but it took a, a a convergence of events that we're unlikely to see again this season to beat them in that game. And I, I feel like San Antonio is a lot closer to an equal team with Houston. What so, was that convergence of events? Uh, it was the the Nazgul, the Nazgul and the Quince, right?
1: The Nazgul Kingse. You yeah. Give up the nine point touchdown, the nine, the Nazgul nine, and then the fourth and fifteen, the fourth and quince conversion on top yep. of it.
2: Yep, all that so. happened. So I think San Antonio a little bit undervalued here because of that loss. Like you said, Fez, if they if they hold on to win that game, we're probably looking at, at Houston minus two here. So I like San Antonio plus four and a half for my best bet.
0: I'll give a pick. Do it. How about Sunday, St. Louis, DC over thirty seven. Clear skies in D.C. this Sunday, about 50-somewhat degrees. Perfect uh, football weather. We got two teams that are numbers two and three in scoring in the XFL through two weeks. I think we're in for like a 22-20 type game. I can endorse this. And also, so D.C.,
1: just played in a monsoon. So take that week two low-scoring game mm-hmm. and throw it into the garbage Makes can. Yep. D.C. had plenty of offense racked up over 300 yards That's against true. Las Vegas. The fact they held Vegas to under 200 was all about the crappy weather and Vegas being unable to function in that weather. So I liked, I, I do like that play. And frankly, you know, I'll, with the defense, is a proficiency of scoring with the sacks and the turnovers and everything else and the great rules. Any total below 37,
2: you've got to go over. And as we talked about last week, if you like an under, first half is the way to go. If you like an over, full game.
1: Yes, because, you know, we haven't even spoken about the overtime. You know the funky, the, the, the shootout rules in overtime, that both teams, I believe, get three kicks at the can to get two <laughs> points. All right? So if
0: you assume that they're both of them. It's, it's alternating possessions from the five-yard line, I think is what it is. I think it's from the two. No, it's from the five. It's three attempts per team, two points per score until a winner is decided. Okay, so what's
1: gonna, you know, it's not going to be unusual that both teams are going to catch two points, and then it's going to go to double overtime when mm-hmm. it goes alternative one and one, and then eventually one team's going to score, then the other team's going to score. So a bold prediction: somebody's going to win an overtime ten to eight, you know, <laughs> or, or I'm sorry, six to four, six to four. There'll be a six to four overtime that we're going to see, and obviously when a total's thirty seven. So basically what we're saying is if you go to overtime, you're you're screwed.
0: <laughs> you're not
1: going to get the game under. And you know what? When you can go for one, two, and three, it enhances the chances of overtime because if a team is down eight or nine at the end of the game and they score every time, they're going to always go to, you know, for the tie at that point. They probably, you know, it's interesting, down eight, you probably should go for nine after you score from the 10-yard line because mathematically you're, let's say you make it 20% of the time. So you're going to win 20% of the time by going for the mm-hmm. the
0: 9. By giving the ball back tied.
1: Well, uh, but but assume there's no time left on the clock. Okay. If, if you if you go for the 8, if you go for the 2-point conversion, the 8 points, you're only going to make it like 30%. But then you're only going to win half of that. So you're only going to win the game 15% of the time going for 2. And you're going to win the game 20% if you're going for 3 if you followed that math.
0: Hmm. Is it, would you do you like these rules? Like, would you like love to see, the rules? Would you like to see the NFL implement something like this? The only rule, or that's some the, of the rules, maybe the only the rule
1: that's a little too court. The kickoff and the punt rules are fantastic. Okay, the only rule that I don't like is that they, they, if you don't kick off to the and get it to the twenty, the other team gets it on your forty-five. It's just so onerous. Mm. I think I think make it midfield, but don't don't put it you like literally, you're one first down away from field goal range, and. The fourth and fifteen, the Keen is just too excessive. The mm-hmm. I think I think that that maybe you could have that rule that says, well, you know what? The problem with that, you I'd say have it just in the final two minutes of the game instead of the final fourth quarter. But the problem with that is that you get the ridiculous situation where teams like with two oh six left, they're like, well, we can't score after the two minute warning. Take a
0: knee. Yes, <laughs> go down on the one. Do you know if, if the NFL did that rule though? Do you know how many uh, arguments there would be over? Either a defensive holding or a pass interference that gives the team the possession uh, when they go for it on the fourth and oh, fifteen. Oh yes, it's going mean, to happen all the time, all the time. And yeah. we,
1: we already, you know, we saw that with the with the guard. When I don't know if you saw the guards touchdown, so they scored one touchdown last week in their in their loss thirty to twelve. I it was a twenty play drive. Literally seventy-five yards of the of the of the eighty-five yards were <laughs> defensive penalties. Penalties, yeah. It was. A, you, did you see that drive? I did. I, it, it, I mean, I don't think they gained a yard. Yeah, net, you know, it's like they they like gained six. Yeah, even sacked. You know, yeah, pass interference.
2: Even when Orlando's done things right, it's it's been wrong. Like they, they are they are truly a disaster.
1: And then when they got even when they got into the end zone, it was like they interviewed the tight end that was that made a great play and he's like oh yeah but quarterback got got it to me and i we knew this would be a good play coach called by our coaches and i was open and we got it done he was double covered <laughs> and made like a play kelsey would have been proud of to get into the end zone
0: well, this is the Fezic Focus XFL Focus edition here. Week three of the XFL gets kicked off one game on Saturday, Seattle and Vegas, which is a best bet. We're on Seattle minus
1: three best, but don't lay three and a half. Don't be Dumbo. You know, if, if if it gets to three and a half, just let it go.
0: Let it go. Lay the three with uh, Seattle. Hey, back by popular demand, $100 off for listeners of this Fezic Focus podcast. It's good for the next week or so. Righteous bucks. That's, that's $100. Next week, from the date this podcast gets released. So that's seven days, AJ, right? Yep. Good math. $100 off. The coupon code is fez 100 fezz one zero zero. That's good for $100 off either Fezzik's one-year all-access, all-sports, so you get every pick, every sport for the next year, or Fezzik's super early bird football access, now, that's not just the NFL. It's also college football, the XFL, the USFL, CFL. If it's football, American football he's not going to give out soccer plays. You're not giving out soccer plays, are you? you?
1: just said it's the CFL. It's not American football.
0: American football is the sport, not the league.
1: It, it, can you have American football in Canada? Canada's
2: in North America.
1: I think our I think our friends to the north would be offended that you're calling their brand of football American. They picked up our game. It's yeah. North yeah. Am- North American
0: football. How about that? Okay. North like, American football. I like that. If it's North American
2: football. Although in Mexico they call soccer football. Uh, yeah, which so is in North America. Mexico's North yeah. America, yeah. yeah. No, fu- it's not football. Yeah. Football. We I think we get it though. Yeah. I
1: explain this to me. Why is there a Central America
2: there's not. <laughs> There's not a Central American. There
1: is on the risk board.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of made up stuff on the risk board. Yeah, isn't there.
1: You know, that's that's why everybody knows where the war in Ukraine is, because they played risk yeah. as a boy. You know, they're <laughs> like, how the hell can you invade that?
0: It's too big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. The Ukraine. Uh, Fez earned over 100 units in all sports last year. So with Fez's one-year all-access, you can get every pick in every sport for one full year. That's 365 days immediate access. So as soon as you buy it, bang, you get it right away. So that includes XFL picks this weekend. Uh, The discounted one-year access is available now for $19.95 and save $100 when you use the coupon code FEZ100. If you were to purchase Fezix monthly access over the course of this same period of time, even at the normal discounted price of $249 per month, that's $2,988.
1: And I'm making a personal guarantee. You buy my annual football and I don't win, all right, if I don't win in football for the year, let me know. Show me that you bought it. I will Next time you're in Vegas, I will buy you dinner. I will take you out to dinner. Um, now, if you buy a Monday night package and I lose, well, I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. But over the course of the season, I'm very, very confident that I'm going to win. And also, I'm going to include, you know, even though, full disclosure, my Super Bowl package, four and seven. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a bad Super Bowl, but I put out a lot of um, – Basic strategies that people can use, you know, for for the rest of their lives betting stuff. Let me throw out one college basketball thing. I'm going to throw this to both of you. You got a mm, 15 point favorite in college basketball. You got a total of like 140. All right, you have to play a parlay. I'm forcing you to. Mm-hmm. What is a good parlay to play on that? And it, and let me add, it's a trick question.
0: It's a trick question, so the answer would be no. But I would, say, if it were to me, I would say the favorite on the under. The favorite and the under. Yes. And the idea, of course, is that. One team's not going to score. And what's going to happen in the
1: final two minutes if the 15-point favorite There won't wins, be fouling. There won't be yeah. fouling. So, like, if a team's up 20, Coach K I'm pulling on out and fouling. The one problem with that, and you're absolutely spot on, for most teams, not Gonzaga, they keep running, <laughs> is that, and there are some teams like North Carolina, they just keep running. Yeah, they, yeah. They don't care. Um, is that you're, there is a natural correlation to, um favorite to over. Just to, it just kind of mm-hmm, makes sense. Mm-hmm. If a team just goes nuts. Yeah. And you know, and shoots Gonzaga really well. Gonzaga scores
0: eighty points, the game's gonna go if, over.
1: If Gonzaga gets eighty in the first half, the game's yeah. gonna go over. Exactly. <laughs> so what um what in a situation like that, I would far prefer like parling a five point favorite to the over because if a five point favorite wins, they win by six, eight. Still 11, fouling. 12. Those are all still good. Ask Iowa. Team still foul down 10. Um, but if you do have a 15-point favorite, you know one little sneaky way to get a correlation, if you like the favorite to just blitz them, first half minus 8.5 to the over on the first half. So you avoid all that fouling quietness at the end of the game. Yeah,
0: that first half is probably going to be like a 46-25 first half. So if
1: directionally yeah. you're right on your handicap, you're probably going to get there with the parlay, mm. throwing that out there.
0: Well, there you have it. $100 off Fezzik's, that college basketball information. That would be good if you get Fezzik's one-year all-access because you get all sports, every pick in all sports. He's Steve Fezzik. Follow him on Twitter at Fezzik Sports. AJ Hoffman on Twitter at AJ is the real. He is. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the Fezic Focus here on pregame.com.